Hello, hello, everybody. This is No Check Fuck Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, Remy. I am your other co-host, B. Hi, B. Hi. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast, and we're back from hiatus. We are refreshed, regenerized, and holy shit, we are living after last night. <laughs> Last night when I threw away all my leftovers and then sat down and watched Supernatural. Oh, leftovers oh. being Thanksgiving. So, Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Happy Turkey Week. It's about a week at this point, isn't it? Yes, yes. That's the leftover purging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what um, um, industry standards are on keeping leftovers stuff, but the turkey went out about about three days in, and then the apple crumble I was hoarding, and, and I was like, I always feel like if it's sweet, it can last longer. I'm like, <laughs> it's fine. It, it, I know it's not true, but sugar's like salt, right? It's a preservative. <laughs> like this is a lie. It was. I will worth, tell this to myself. It was worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Okay, no more nasty leftover stories. We are talking about Supernatural. Yes. And this week, we are covering Season 15, Episode 7, Last Call. Last Call! <laughs> B, did you like this episode? I can't I tell. really liked it. There was singing in it, and I didn't even flee the room. That's how <laughs> much I was enjoying myself. No. I couldn't believe it. I, I feel like, I mean, spoilers, not spoilers, but having Lee singing first and then having a second bit singing, I was like, I can tolerate this a lot better. You gave me a primer. Here's the chaser. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait till we, till we get there. Oh, my God. So this was an episode that was written by Jeremy Adams, and this is uh, Jeremy's first solo credit writing for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, an episode directed by Eamon Cotterali. Yes. So mm-hmm. another familiar name we got going here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the description? Uh, The description for this episode reads, uh, Dean goes off on his own to take on a case. Meanwhile, Castiel has an idea of how he can help Sam. Sam? Sam! This is having to do with the search for God. I was like, he just shows up, he's like, Sam, I'm here to help you. Sam's like, question mark? I'm like, oh, yes, there's an end thought to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cass, okay, okay, fine. Helping Sam is secondary, too. Wait, we can, we can look for God as well. <laughs> our look for God is going to require us to help Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. We start off outside of Bee's Sugar Bar, where there's one girl named Angela who is helping her very drunk friend Sally <laughs> to a car. And this is set in Texoma, Texas. I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm like, Texas, Texas. <laughs> Texas, Texas. Texoma, Texas. Yes. Thank you. You got it. You got it. All right. And yeah, we had Sally here. I was immediately pinging on what she was saying here. She's just, what would I do without my best friend? And I'm like, we should ask some of our main characters about this because my God, it has been a long time of just having all of the then moments of the episode showing these breakup texts and terrible conversations. I, I know. 
I pinged on that too. I mean, the 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 intro to this episode, not the intro, the recap uh, part portion of the intro to this episode was really heavy on that cast leaves uh, mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Sally's little conversation here, like she's drunk off of her ass. Uh-huh. And I'm just like staring at Dean and the next scene with his very obvious drinking problem. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm. Same hat, same hat. <laughs> but Angela, she is trying to herd her friend towards the car. She's like, no more drinking. No more guys. We're not going to an after party. And Sally's like, I'm going to hold you for one second. And I'm going to go throw up over by the other end of the parking lot. So Sally goes to barf. And in this time, Angela's in her car, distracted on her phone. And she gets kidnapped. And she and her car disappear. Yes, yeah. Uh, I I loved that as Sally was staggering away, Angela's like, "Purge your sins! I'll be here. Yes. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be right here when you get back." And it's like perfect DD friend attitude. Like, yeah, you're fine, sweetie, but like, please not in the car. Do it first out here. <laughs> It was uh, again. We're 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 breathing so much life into these bit characters, and it's just so fun to see all the time. Yeah. So so Sally, uh, as Sally is is you know purging her sins, um, uh, we saw in the car that she is you know that Angela is uh, taken, not just not just raptured. As yeah. Dean later but reads. It's so silent. That's really the question mark area. So it's like, are we seeing this from Sally's point of view and she just wasn't paying attention? Or do we have something really sneaksy afoot here that caused Angela and her car to both disappear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't have much time to question that because we cut to Angela, who is now struggling against her bindings in a chair inside what appears to be this sort of dingy looking room. And there's an IV feed dripping her blood into a cage across from her where something is pacing inside and slams against the grate. And whatever it is that slams against the grate, it is not something I've ever seen before. No, it looks a little fishy. It looks a little bit Shape of Water-like. I was going to make the Shape of Water reference. You got to be quick there, girl. We got the same wavelengths going every time. (laughs) Fine. Yes, very Guillermo del Toro. Thank you. (laughs) And yeah, we just have poor Angela screaming and we zoom in on that. And then title card. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go straight to Dean and his beer buddies. Yeah, in his bedroom, drinking a lot. And what we will find out is the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. Like, there are seven plus beer bottles on uh, screen. Yeah, yeah. His shelf there's also a clear bottle that is clearly empty. <laughs> and he's just grabbing for the next one and he is scouring the internet on his phone looking for a case and he comes across Sally's story and like my friend's been raptured. When when Dean reached up for the beer bottle, Tyler, my husband, next to me, he was like, He better grab the right one. You can have some <laughs> some some warm ass beer up there. Oh my god. Could you imagine? He just has like a bunch of different brands open. They're propped up there. And then he's just like, it's roulette every time. (laughs) 
I'll finish them all eventually. They're not going to go flat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My friend has been raptured. And that's good enough for him to, I guess, stop day drink. Not even day drinking, like daybreak drinking. Hair of the dog, man. Oh, my God. Speaking of. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So Dean goes and he finds Eileen and Sam and they're cooking a massive breakfast in the kitchen. And he kind of puts two and two together about this and is like, Uh are you guys hungover? And Eileen admits that they might have gotten carried away with margaritas last night. And Dean is just immediately smitten with her. I know. Sam, uh, pancakes, bacon, eggs. Is that is that grease I smell? Who are you? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> You're drunk, you. <laughs> drunk, you. I get it. And, and Sam here. I love this scene because Sam is so happy and yeah. he's just so glad to have Eileen there and to have, like, he's practically bubbly. and He feels so light, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the weight of last episode has been lifted from him in, in a very, very, you know, tangible way. And, yeah, and this wind really standing, see. chatting right beside him. Yes, he really needed that win. And now, here at the top of this episode, we're... Um, I think that I think that it, it's very obvious that we're looking for Dean's win. Yes. And Dean's getting invited to join them for breakfast, but he's saying, no, no, I'm heading out. And Sam, sh- A, shocked that he's turning up, like, no, no, I don't eat bacon. And he immediately gets ready to go with Dean. But Dean says that he wants to go solo. He's kind of clearing his head and he doesn't want to spoil their fun. So maybe a little bit of like Dean not wanting to be a third wheel to them. I definitely got that vibe. He's he's saying, hey, no, you know, you and Eileen are having fun. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I just need to go for a drive, clear my head. But, but that him him saying like sam like i see that you're you're having a good time here i i I would be the third wheel and not just the third wheel but the fucking downer of the third wheel yeah because he is drinking all through the night in his room looking for some sort of fix from the internet just give me something that i can put some control towards because last episode we saw him really struggling. He was just like, who gives a shit because we're fucked anyways. And Sam kind of gave him a tuning in at the end of last episode. And so, okay, he's trying to take some steps. And even Sam kind of says as much when he goes to talk to Eileen, he says that Dean is making progress. Yeah, I mean, Sam says Dean was so down that I wasn't sure that he would be able to pick himself back up. Like, I've never seen him like that before. But uh, Sam was saying, you know, he wants to go out. Like, he's not okay, but this has to be progress, right? He's looking for reassurance. Yes. Because he doesn't feel good about this. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't doesn't want his brother going off on his own when he's like this. Mm Mm-hmm. But if Dean's sitting there saying, nope, I need this, this will be good for me, and you are doing well on your own, stay here. Then, I mean, we are seeing a healthier relationship with the brothers in the last couple seasons. And here is Sam respecting Dean's wishes to let Dean have his own space 
oh my god, at least he's leaving the bunker. <laughs> but but Sam is saying like that's that's got to be a good thing, right? And he does get that reassurance. Eileen says, yeah, it is. It really is. I really wanted Dean to come in at the end of here, grab a paper towel, grab a handful of bacon, and be like, yeah. okay, all right, all right, sorry guys, one for the road. <laughs> yeah, just, just okay. You you convinced me, but <laughs> yeah. And we can't leave the scene without mentioning the fact that Dean is absolutely convinced that Sam and Eileen are, like, ready to do it. They're ready to bone down at any point during the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Dean, Dean is definitely wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, well, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got stuff to do, eh? <laughs> Yeah, and you know, when I come back, just make sure that you got a sock on the door so that I don't walk into anything I shouldn't. Yeah, so I know what's going on. Uh-huh. And Sam is saying, no, man, come on, come on, Dean, it's not like that. You're embarrassing the, the stuff, me. Honestly, and like... Jensen's fucking face this <laughs> bit here because just he looks so smug and just like smirky and then when Sam's like no he just oh yeah yeah like that mock seriousness uh-huh. oh, no you're right I'm so wrong like but like put the sock on the door wink bye it's so big brother and it's played so well it's really yeah. good yeah I love it. yeah so we follow Dean to Texoma, and he's outside the sheriff office, and he runs into the sheriff. The sheriff. <laughs> Have fun with that audio, V. So <laughs> the sheriff. Are you fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, he runs I just, into the sheriff. I just, I just need to know: is there an actual O in this particular spelling of sheriff? Or I feel like I you? spelled it properly, but as we stated last week, I'm still not convinced. S H E R I F F is and I, okay this is another thing i'm gonna go on a tangent spelling things out loud my brain immediately was like fuck this we're not paying attention cat cat so cat, like, cat cat yes cat. yes so i'm saying that and i'm like i don't even know if i'm saying what i'm reading on the page <laughs> fuck my life I the sheriff's office we're getting french i guess uh-huh uh-huh and he's chatting with sheriff dylan and basically trying to get more information about, A, you know, this missing girl, Angela, but the sheriff doesn't think that she has gone missing. It's more likely that she drove off to California to be on some sort of reality TV show. Right. Small town, kids get bored. They take off for their big break in LA. You know, some kids last for a whole week out there, and I stayed a whole month. He, he's so proud he i love this guy I, I i love him i adore him he's perfect he he and he's giving great cues that like wherever his priorities are his central focus isn't exactly on his job because he's like <laughs> i could have been the next denzel you know he's just like beaming at dean and dean's just Oh, oh i i'll figure out what reaction i'm supposed to put on my face mm, <laughs> yes you're right <laughs> I don't yeah, Dean has no idea what 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 Dylan wants here, but Yeah. But yeah, he keeps pressing. He's like, okay, the Sally, the friend that reported this, and Dylan is just going, No, Sally's got issues. She drinks 24-7. She's always at Swayze's bar. And so Dean goes like eyes emoji. Okay. So he's gonna go to Swayze's bar and hopefully find Sally there. Yeah. And, and, you know, as Dean is walking away, Dylan calls over, hey, you know, 
if you head over to LA now, you'll probably uh, run into uh, Angela on the way, and yeah, you, know, you should you should take your own shot at showbiz. You've got the look. Yeah, and which like what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Jeremy? Oh my god, we're fine. No, I'm kidding. I love you. Keep going. <laughs> I'm oh talking to Jeremy. Yeah, just it's a beat. And you're like, what is this energy? This is chaotic <laughs> vibes happening right here. Okay. It was great. Mm-hmm. So we go to Swayze's bar. Yes. Dean pulls up and the place is hopping. And like country he goes rock. Country rock. Country rock. I don't. I think maybe this was also part of why I was like fine with the singing because I think a part of my brain, like, I'm not dissing country <laughs> rock because I grew up in the middle of by fuck nowhere and like that is the music that plays. But also a part of my brain is like country rock's not a real music. So like they're not even singing. <laughs> like, oh my God, I don't think that I I legitimately think that this is this is the first country song I've ever heard on Supernatural, and I really really enjoyed this episode because it was a little bit of a love letter to Texas, and yeah, and you know both Jared and Jensen called Texas home, and and I think that Jensen just had a lot of fun with it, and I like that Jeremy gave him the I don't know where Jeremy's from, but it, obviously you know there was opportunity to go a little bit meta with it so yeah i liked it and the guest star here christian kane he's also from texas and like he and jensen kind of went to hollywood together type levels like they were in the industry at the same age around each other and so it's also having them in this Texas environment and just really sort of reveling in the the little assholes that they used to be. Uh-huh. And and also, you know, living the dream. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we've seen so often in especially last season, this season, that for Dean a lot of his sort of happy place vision that is given to him is this idea of owning a bar where people come in and it's just a safe, warm environment for him where his people come together. Mm-hmm. And then here we have this bar that is clearly shown to be just this vibrant hub. I mean, as soon as he walks in, the lead server, Lorna, she's like, we have the best beer and wings here. And you got to hand over your cell phone because there's no party if you're staring at your phone. So like they've cultivated enough of an environment where people accept that asinine requirement of handing over your cell phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> But but yeah, it, it's it's a really friendly and like you said, vibrant environment, and and it's and 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 Dean is getting drawn into it right off the bat. He's like, yeah, good. Like this is a this is the break I've been looking for. Yeah, this is the type of place that I need just to cool my head off. Yeah, and if I have a case going on at the same time, the more power to it. Yeah, and and I we don't even know if how how committed Dean is to this case. Not very, obviously. Look at how he spends his night. He forgets to mention it at all until Lee prompts him into doing it. Like, aren't you here on a case? So well, and it could be just that you know it feels kind of flimsy at this point. Because exactly, he doesn't know who the sheriff is, but the sheriff gave a pretty compelling argument. Like kids go away from this town towards California all the time. 
It's very easy. Angela could be one of them. Her parents both passed away. She's got nothing really tying her hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, it's been flimsy for the start. The The article itself was, my friend was raptured away. Like, that's... Yeah, it feels like National Enquirer type shit. Well, uh, well, we did see last episode that this is kind of their bread and butter, right? St. Mary on a pizza. Uh, this is how they find their, their cases. But... Um, but he does bring it up here. Like, yeah, Lorna yeah. is being super flirty with him. Like, just not like a, hey, you and me, let's go to bed. But it's like, I'm going to give off an aura of just, <laughs> I'm flirting with everybody, you included. And Dean brings up that he's looking for Sally. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but it, she'll be here for sure. She's not <laughs> here now, but we have two for Tuesdays. Like, it, it's a magnet. She's going to be here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She'll be around. Yeah. So Dean kind of knows, okay, sooner or later, I'm going to run into this girl here. So he's looking around, he was watching the live music, and then he kind of takes a beat and he realizes he recognizes the singer. Yes. And so he goes over and we get this really great son of a bitch and (laughs) the singer going, Dean friggin' Winchester, and they do their hand slap together they pull each other into huge hugs it sounds like lee is attempting to break dean's back by (laughs) their little their little fist bump and their hug and their their little like pseudo standoff like it just speaks so so strongly to old friends you know like they're just messing with each other yeah that's exactly a fond history they had they had an established dynamic and they are it's just the type of person that you can instantly fall right back into it it doesn't matter that it's been 15 years that is amazing to me yes how clearly that came across it's a really good energy yeah, like casting Christian again, if he and Jensen have their own personal history, now you bring it to the characters and it's that much more vibrant and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And yet they're playing really quick catch up with each other. Like, oh, you still hunting, huh? And Lee calls over for Lorna to get them some beers because they're clearly going to go sit down and chat somewhere for a Lorna! while. Lorna! Lorna! I love her. Lorna! <laughs> I love He's her. He's like looking to the left. She appears on his right. <laughs> I love, I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love like the competent in command, uh-huh. you know, like I may not be the owner, but I'm the manager and <laughs> I'm the one who makes sure that your ass is in line. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. I loved her. Yes. But we go back to the bunker library, and yes. here we have Eileen and Sam researching. They're researching. Doing more up. Well, okay, <laughs> Dean, calm your tits. Okay. <laughs> Never. Fuck you. <laughs> My tits will not be tamed. No. They're trying to research ways of finding God, finding Lilith, but Eileen is sitting here, and she's like, "My brain is melting." Like, uh-huh. We need a break. And Sam's like, yeah, I need a break, too. Yeah, Eileen says, do you want to do something fun? And they're, they're, we know we know where this is going. They're, they're both they're angling They're giving looks. Uh-huh. And Sam's like, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? And I love Eileen. This whole episode, she just shines. But here, it's perfect. She's like, well, I've, I've got a few ideas. Like, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. And Sam, he... Uh, uh, 
Uh, he seems, uh, you know, I can't. I want to say he's going for it, but it, it doesn't really read that gung ho, right? So I just like he's reserved about it. I yeah. know, I know. So it's like it's so fun to watch this scene. So Sam turns to Eileen. He takes her hand. They're like they're they're having a moment, and then Cass walks in, and yeah. and it's well, so fun. Just- uh-huh. Him being that kind of reserved, I think, is because Rowena's still pretty fresh. Right. You know? Right. And they just were through this long slog of misery, and then, holy shit, he has a good thing. And then there's, I think, that fear of, I don't want to fuck up the good thing. Like, when do we get to keep good things? When do we have all of these nights? Like, so he is going for it, but I think that there's that level of fear behind it. Well, that's that's where... That's where kind of the speculation and the meta comes in because uh, I was going to say it's so fun to just read this scene at the circus level and be like, oh, my God, Cass, you totally just cock blocked uh, Sam and I. Yes. But after so many key (laughs) conversations that you and Dean have had where Sam just walks in at the inopportune time here, Cass gets his revenge. You get Cass blocked. I love it. Yes. I know. And that's 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 so great. But then on another level, you can look at it as um Sam was about to, you know, say something, not go for the kiss. He was about to say something about how he's feeling at this time and his relationship with with um uh Eileen and maybe he's not ready to take that leap. Maybe he was shoring himself up to just say like not not just yet because yeah. of things uh, like Rowena and and not trusting what he the good that he has right now and just needing some time to ease into it and it's just like uh, uh, i don't know if i would have rather rather it had been the kiss or or the emotional like uh, vulnerability but cash you fucked me either way i'm like thank you Cass, for showing up because i am used to like the slowest of slow burns and i was like this isn't an ember this is a literal flame what the fuck i can see this <laughs> It did me a frighten. It's not what I'm used to. So <laughs> the fact that Cass comes in and you can see Sam, he kind of lets go of her hand, but then he swaps to another hand, you know, the reassurance. Like, yeah. Oh, it, it's so subtle that one little move there, I'm just staring at it. <laughs> but he's a bit baffled to see Cass back in the bunker. He's shocked. Of course. And he's going like, this was, you were at radio silence. All of a sudden you're back. Yeah. Of, yeah. And Cass is, yeah, yeah, I know. I, well, well, I'm here now. So, yeah. So let's. I'm here, and I'm here to help. Yeah. And, it it doesn't matter where I was. Mm-hmm. Let's cut back to the business at hand. Mm-hmm. And Sam realizes, oh hey, you guys haven't been introduced. So <laughs> he does the introductions between Cass and Eileen, and we get this really cute conversation between them. Yeah, yeah. Cass says, wait. I thought you were. Eileen says, D- "Dead? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I got better." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Ma- Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Great. And then Cass here immediately asks where Dean is, and he's mm. still out yet, so he's not really going to be of any help. Mm-hmm. And Sam is saying, "Yeah, well, we're Dean's out, but we're still looking. We're researching and trying to figure out where God or Lilith could be." And uh, Cass has a, a what a what a what moment. Lilith, yeah. 
Lilith? Since when is this one of the players on the board? Yeah, and Cass, uh, Sam is just like, yeah, welcome to our fucking lives. Uh, she's back. God brought her back. and and But we're not... They've gone completely radio silent. We have no idea what, what we're looking for. And yeah. Cass says... Well, well, maybe you're just looking in the wrong place. Yeah. He thinks that Sam's wound is the key here to finding God because it's clearly a connection. You know, the Hammurabi gun fired a piece of Sam and maybe that piece is still inside of Chuck. Ew. Eileen. (laughs) She's such a light this episode. I know. Yes, definitely. I love her. Yeah. So we end on a ew note. (laughs) We go back to Lee and Dean and they are doing catch-ups or reminiscing, I guess, Mm -hmm. about John and what it was like when they were hunting together. Yeah, yeah. And and they're uh, they're just talking about John and and I really appreciated this conversation because I see here that Dean has been one hundred percent freed from the shadow of John. Yeah, he's able to talk about his dad here in a way that is. I think a little distanced from himself. Like yeah. he's able to say he died 13 years ago, but he went out doing what he loved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just really taking this as Dean. He's in a place where he can take the good while also being fully self-aware of the bad. Yeah. And, and, but, but it doesn't, but he's above it now. So, yeah. so the awareness might yes. be there, but he's not, holding on to the glass shards he's more like "Mm, there's glass there and i don't need to pick it up right right he's just saying yeah man you know i uh, that that was that was good times and and you know thanks for the condolences but it's it's been a journey but you know it's fun it's fun to look back on it yeah and Lee's bringing up uh, these delightful, I'm like, mm, anytime we get these little diamonds from their past, because anything before season one, episode one that we get hinted at, I'm always very honed yes. in on. Yes, yes. Dean is saying, man, but you, he's trying to steer the conversation away from John a little bit. He's saying, you, man, I haven't seen you since hell. Was Sammy still in college? And, yeah, and and so we we're setting it, you know, we're setting a pretty concrete timeline here. Um, and Lee says, "Yeah, man, you know, you remember that that cult thing in Arizona? Well, it, that that one hit me pretty hard, and I only did one more hunt after that, one more around here, and and I just decided it was time to hang it up." Yeah, and the whole setting it around the Stanford era, I mean, we're getting also this impression of what John thought of Lee. Mm-hmm. They're saying, like, he always liked you. He never saw anyone better in a fight, and that's high praise coming from my old man. Mm-hmm. And, like, John caught them getting wasted on cases and, like, prepped them with music before a hunt. So it feels like with that Stanford era plus Lee, it's like, oh, so John kind of got himself a substitute kid while Sam was away. <laughs> Uh, I, I had seen something along a similar line where, uh, where we had, Leo was obviously some sort of, like, semi-permanent feature 
in the Winchester dynamic and on these hunts, like they, they definitely were running together for at least a little while. And, uh, and for Sam to be, you know, at college at the time, I can definitely see like, oh, John picked up a better Sam. Well, like here is a surrogate son that is clearly into hunting Mm -hmm. and could be in a fight better than Dean. Like here, it feels like Dean has a bit of hero shine on Mm -hmm. Leo. That just the memories are so fond and they had such good times together that it's like, like they call each other brother throughout this episode. They know each other that well. Yeah. And so it, it was just all of those sorts of things where I get this impression that Dean kind of idolized Leo, like not in any like put you on a pedestal, but like we have such a great connection and like you, you inspire me type level i i got that definitely and it was i mean this whole episode is really just you know good times man those were yeah those are the golden days because because in future as we go through the episode a little bit more we have dean um you know not wanting he's he is so happy to be talking about the good old days because it's been a rough decade right yeah bigger doesn't always mean better he's like those really were the golden times and it's just really in dean's eyes right here right now he's kind of realizing oh it's just all been downhill from there hasn't it been Well, and I think that there's a bit of glow behind it, too, because traditionally in a hunter's life, if someone goes radio silent on you, it's because they are six feet under. And here he is saying, like, I would have thought that you were dead. And then, like, that's the way that this ends, isn't it? But Lee says that he got a note, you know, he bought the bar and now he's living the dream. And Dean is a bit, I would say, challenging about that because it is unusual to see a hunter retire as opposed to croak. And he's going, did you ever regret, you know, getting out? And Lee says, not once. Do you you think that he is, uh, Dean is challenging Lee on that? Or is he... Looking for reassurance in Lee on well, that. Well, that, that's what I'm meaning. Like, this challenge here is, you know, tell me, do you have doubts yes. about what you did? Is this something that you believe was the right thing? Because I see you doing it. And, you know, I have that hero worship little bit of a... I, mm-hmm. I don't want to set this up as, like, a really big difference in dynamics between them. Because it's really not. It's more the inspiration, it feels like. And so if you, my friend who I look up to and who I like idolize being like, if you did this and you're happy, then that means that that path could be out there for me. Right. I think that I I definitely read it as Dean asking, like, is there a hope? And or even just like, let let me just live vicariously through you for a second because yeah. I don't think that there is a hope for me, but it, it's, I, I just see Dean being genuinely happy that Lee could be happy, you know? Yeah. It, it's just, and I feel like Dean is also happiness. Yeah. And it feels like Dean is also someone who 
I mean, he can't look at good things in his life without looking for the catch, mm-hmm. you know? So if Lee has this good thing and we, we've seen Rocky's bar, that yeah. this is something Dean also perceives as, you know, a potential end that would be appealing to him, then he's also doing the little bit of, okay, so what's the catch? You know, mm-hmm. like, where's the downside? There's got to be a downside and then I'll be relieved. But yeah. Lee's going, nope, not one. Yeah, yeah. And then we we leave Dean on that, but um, but it, it that really just filled me up a little bit. Where I'm just mm-hmm. uh, strong Dean. thoughts about Dean and what he wants for his future, what yeah. he wants his sort of final chapters to be like. Yeah, Dean, it can be okay. It's gonna be okay, but yeah. But we we come but. yeah we come back over to uh, Cass and uh, Sam and Eileen in the bunker infirmary now and we have Sam sitting on a cot in the infirmary and Cass is saying, um, look I can't heal the wound but but I maybe I can probe it <laughs> and then there's just this this circular look around like eh, 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 is that the word you want to use that's your word <laughs> and, and Cass, Cass Cass is like study it I'll study it okay <laughs> it has an actual word outside of aliens <laughs> stop and, watching the history channel <laughs> and I, I just love everyone in that scene mm-hmm. and and Eileen says well is that dangerous and Cass uh, very likely almost definitely yes. uh, glowing hand <laughs> go <laughs> well Sam agrees he's like okay uh, it's dangerous we don't really know what's going on but we need to find out something and you're right this is probably our best lead right now so Cass uses his powers but it's like there's the power <laughs> surge and he fucking throws Sam into the wall and boop he's a ragdoll unconscious Oh and, my god. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I really wanted I really wanted Cass to just stand there for a second like just you know that frozen like if I don't move maybe it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz that's what that's what I was doing in the moment and I just, <laughs> but, but the only thought in my head was Cass kills Sam and Dean's going to be so mad. I know if you thought he was mad before just wait. <laughs> And so yeah, Cass is immediately on the phone and like <laughs> he's been going through Dean's phones, unable to get a hold of him. And on this one here, he just leaves a message like, call me back and where are you? Like yes. Sam's injured. <laughs> yes, yes. He and I love I mean, it's just every every all the acting in this episode is so great. All the acting in all the episodes have has been so great. But Cass taking his phone, putting it in front of him, like if this was your neck, I would be wringing it at the mm-hmm. moment because like I would be holding you directly up to my face and like shouting in your face. Like, I are you listening? <laughs> I can't shake you, but I can shake this fucking phone as I say, "Where are you?" Yes, I have called five phones because this is Dean's other, 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 other cell. So, mm-hmm. and we follow that call you know we go to dean's cell phone we see that the voicemails left but his cell phone is in the basket of lorna's collected cell phones and Mm -hmm. instead dean lee and lorna are doing shots while telling stories 
three bottles of Jaeger is no one's friend, but hey, they were twins. They were hot. What's a man to do? And then, no, 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 it was triplets. <laughs> and and we split them fair and square. So get your story straight. Oh, my God. It's I'm like, it's always got to be twins. It's always got to be siblings. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they do shots. And Lorna is still making a little bit, like, she's got a flirty aura around her. I love her so much. She's looking at Dean. Lorna is very um, uh, impressed with with, uh, this, it seems, right? Well, just, oh my god. It's also a little bit of, like, I'm sitting in listening to a conversation about all the shit my boss used to do. Like, (laughs) it's a little bit of reveling in that. And, uh, but, but she's still, you know, she's given, she's given Dean the eyes like, uh, oh, triplets? You think, you think triplets are good? Uh, how about, how about, uh, I show you what's good. I, please stop me. <laughs> please, God, B, you can't let me do things like that. <laughs> Remy, I don't know how to stop you. I just start, it's just, it's happening. No. Okay. So, Cass calls Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking me away from that. <laughs> and basically, he figures after what happened with Jack last season, Sergey owes a favor, and here Sam's hurt, and Sergey's needed because the wound is divine. Cass can't heal it. They need someone who knows magic, and he's the only one left. <laughs> It's Sergey though. I I really enjoyed Sergey when we I knew you him. would. I jumped into Discord as soon as he showed up for me and I was like <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I I liked him when we introduced him and and I love him even more now. Sergey and and Sergey says, yeah, uh, "Castiel, my friend, I would love to return that favor, but unfortunately I'm busy. What what are you going to do? I'm I'm in, I'm in California visiting my niece. It, it is what it is." Yeah, I have prior commitments at this point. And Cass is like, no, no, you don't understand. This is your only (laughs) commitment. Because if you don't do this, I will find you and burn you alive. I'm like, oh, Cass, we're always going to, like, combustives with people (laughs) lately, haven't we? Like, holy, when he is just like, I have a mission, I have something I need to get done, he just gets to this ruthless level of, nope, we're concealed, don't feel, we're just doing the thing. Oh but it, 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 I'm like, I don't think he would ever follow through with it. It's just he puts on the Sturm and Drang and gets people going thinking that he will. We have, well, we have Cass here so, so reluctantly making this call, but needs mm-hmm. must. And when we, we see him struggling so hard to say, I, I need your help. Please, <laughs> Sergey, <laughs> and uh, and then and then when Sergey's trying to give him the runaround, it's just okay. No, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. You're gonna be here tonight, or you won't see tomorrow. So yeah, you're doing this. <laughs> so and then and then <laughs> Cass hangs right up, but we get this great little beat with Sergey. Like, oh well, uh, if. If you put it that way, but Cass is already gone. 
Yeah. My, how your negotiation skills have improved. Like, uh-huh. Sergey's a slimy fucker. And the more that Cass is like, no, I'm pinning you down, Sergey's like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> so yeah, Cass hangs up and then he calls a mystery person asking yeah. for a favor. Yeah, call two. I need a favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to Swayze's bar. Mm-hmm. We have Dean retelling the Yellow Fever episode, essentially. <laughs> Emily yeah. is just cackling along with it. And finally, the conversation turns to tonight's case, where yeah. Angela is missing, and Lee basically agrees that the sheriff is incompetent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have some some shade cast on the sheriff, like, oh, that goofy fucker. Mm-hmm. And when Dean puts down a picture of Angela... Lee's saying he doesn't recognize her, but Lorna comes by and is like, oh, what are you talking about? She's here all the time. And then Lee suddenly remembers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, the one that doesn't drink that much? Well, her friend drinks like a fish. Oh yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. Lee. No. I know. I'm like, don't give the shifty vibe. Like, we talked about in advance of this episode, Aaron, but I was like, I don't want Lee to be a bad guy. I would just like, Dean to have friends and even if this was a friend from his past that it turns out by the end of the episode he's like you know I don't want that that would have been fine mm-hmm. I was just like let Dean's history live I guess right right like uh, uh, what you're saying is even if uh, Dean encountered this old friend and the nostalgia that Shine has worn off, like, oh, what what you're doing now is not really, or who you are now is not who I remember you to have been. Yeah. And that's not what I want. Now, we're obviously going in a very di- different direction here. Like, we have this old friend who's still very much, like, the person that, that Dean remembers and and he's he's living his best Bond life. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So and then this fucker's got to give us some shifty vibes. I know, no shifty vibes. Yeah. 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 And so Lee kind of pokes at Dean about this. Right? Right. Yeah. Man, what are you doing? Uh, chasing missing persons? I uh, this is above this is below you. He's yeah. Lee is trying to say just that it's this measly case. I would have thought that you moved on to bigger stuff by now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, says, I'm just saying, like, oh. they shot God, man. Like, <laughs> but uh, they're already top tier shit. I know, but it's just <laughs> funny to be like, oh, you're looking for some like drunk girl's friend that went to L.A. Like, really? Like, you have no idea have the no time idea. he's had. Dean definitely recognizes the irony, um, but but he doesn't want to get into all that. He so he just says, "Yeah, well, who's gonna look out for the little guy? Because God yeah. sure isn't." And again, Dean doesn't want to get into it. He just kind of lets it slide. Like like uh, Lee thinks it's hyperbole. And yeah, but it is genuinely, I don't want to ruin your life with this knowledge kind of shit. Like, yeah. he just spent his last episode being like, I don't know what's real and what's not, and it's making my mind crazy. Yeah. And he's going to shelter people from that as best as he can. But it was such a telling line for him going, like, who will look out for the little guy? Like, that's where Dean's concern still is. Like, the people who can't help themselves, the ones that are so, quote unquote, inconsequential to the picture that nobody looks out for them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first kind of Dean 
coming out from his his funk when it, he says, "Well, who's going to look out for the little guy? For the little guy, because because Dean's been so despondent and nothing matters. So what's the point?" But but it, I don't know. I just saw this as Dean un unconsciously or not. Yeah, ca- finally, kind of like coming around to. Um, hey, no, wait, this world is still my world and these people are still people. And I I think it's definitely unconscious at this point. I oh, think yeah, for sure. Because like I was putting in with what you were saying, this feels like the first time that we have a disagreement going on between Lee and Dean and it's their mm-hmm. perspective of the little guy, you know, and it's not necessarily anything Dean thinks through. It's just something that he knows. He's like, the little guy needs looking out for. And I feel like it's that. And there's a couple bricks along the way in this episode that really solidifies for him. Like, no, I am in this and this is why I'm doing it. And like, this is why I will fight God, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I said here we have Sam who is is has had that weight lifted and he has a confidence he has enough confidence to want to move forward uh, and 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 now here in this episode we need Dean to have his win to also be able to move forward now Dean doesn't really get a win but he does get some perspective he gets challenged yeah he He's basically confronted, and spoilers, not spoilers, we're going to mm-hmm. see this, where he's getting confronted with that I- mentality that he had last episode, which was nothing fucking matters. There's no difference between yeah. good or evil. So what's the point? You know, no one is out there tallying up points to say whether I did good or bad. So why do I care? And yeah. Dean realizes when he's confronted with that mentality, no, I do care. I can't do that. That is not who I am. And so last episode, he spent kind of reveling in that feeling. He realized it's still not a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah, he exactly. He's now confronted with it and, and, and turning it away. So, yeah. But, but but this, this is, is all just a little the heavy. first little chip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is all and exactly. This is just the first little chip in that security blanket of uh, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. That he's wrapped himself up in. Um and since it got so heavy here, Lee's just trying to yes. lighten it up again. He's like, "Hey, yes. tonight's fun, you know? This is nothing you can't have." And yeah. my heart my heart. My heart. Oh my gosh. But Leo here is saying, not Leo, Lee, uh, <laughs> is saying, um, how, how many lives do you think that you've saved? A hundred? Uh, a thousand? You, you, Dean, you deserve a break. Yeah. Hell, you might even deserve two. Yeah. Dee's knee jerk is still to say, like, who's going to kill the bad guys? And Lee just shrugs it off. He's like, somebody else is going to do it. You, though, you have fun. You have this break right now. Yeah. And so Lee finishes a shot. He goes (laughs) up onto stage and he brings up this song that John would play for them before they would go out on hunts. And he starts singing it up there. And he's kind of heckling at Dean to come join him, going like, come on, boy. Can't just sit around lip syncing Eye of the Tiger when no one's watching. And I'm like, again, yellow fever. And, 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 you know, it's a fun little uh, 
meta g- g- gift for the fans, you know? Yeah. A little poke at, at the meta of the show. Yeah. And it is a bit of a commentary of, you know, are you going to sit back and watch your life or are you going to grab what you want? Like, it fits in with Lee's philosophy of life, which is just, I'm going to get me mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dean is, oh, come on, man. You don't, no, don't make me do this. But, but Lee encourages him up on the stage and then Dean takes the mic and he is, he, Lee has already hopped into the song, Good Old Boys. And, and we were just told that there is a lot of history tied to the song on the way to a hunt john would pop this cassette into the tape deck and say now this boys this is real music and and it's just again just calling straight back to that like there's a there's a lot of um uh they've spent enough time together to learn this song by heart and that it carries history with them I'm just, I'm trying to think of some equivalent where it's like, if I was on the road, leaving a bar at two o'clock in the morning on the way to fucking Taco Bell and fucking Barbie girl came on the radio, you know, you just, (laughs) you just gotta go for it, right? It's that feeling of community and friendship and yeah, there's a time and a place and a memory associated with this and it's all warm and glowing light. Yes. Yes, yes. And, and and I think that that exact feeling came through very strongly and I like it a lot. Yeah. Because Dean starts out really nervous and he's got his eyes closed when he's singing, but when he's getting mm-hmm. a good reaction from it, they just go all in on it. And, you know, Lee had started him, but he jumps in on the next verse and they're just having so much fun. It's so infectious. And we see Jensen uh singing on the show this moment immortalized mm-hmm. and again it's, it's 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 a country rock song it's very texas it's very jensen mm-hmm. and it's it just gives me it gives me a lot of supernatural feels in general so mm-hmm. It's it's just one of those moments where I'm really grateful for the show and the cast and and the community and I felt a part of the concert a little bit even though I was hiding behind my hands the entire time. I can't believe I was the one who was watching this and you were the one who was shying away. Uh, I really was. I had I was the first time I didn't see it at all. I couldn't. <laughs> I can't believe that. So you missed like the ass slap from Lee. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, I I really loved it. And like I've seen some chatter that people are unhappy that all of a sudden Dean can sing well, and I'm like I don't feel what? like he was ever a bad singer before. Like correct me if I'm wrong about that, please. I know. I. I don't know. I mean, I think the only other time that we saw him singing was karaoke as Demon Dean. Like, and- I, I haven't seen that, so I, and that right there is picking my radar. I'm like, can't do it. But we've seen him singing in the car with Sam, and he, like, he's oh. off-key and all of those things. And I'm like, but that, to me, really reads of Dean's character. Because there, there's a difference between singing your best and being called bad for it, and singing yeah. badly and being called bad for it. Yeah, 
Ex- exactly. It's Dean so performative. Is that character who mm-hmm. would want to set those parameters, you know? I'm not going to let them call me bad. I'm going to make them call me bad. Exactly. And, like, here he is, he has a night away from his brother, and, like, when he's away from Sam, when he's away from the people that he knows, he tends to drop his mask. And here he is, back with this person who just evokes these fond memories from him. Like, he's letting loose again. He is stepping out of his comfort zone into, you know, I have this friend here who, no matter how well this, or how badly (laughs) this goes, Mm -hmm. like... I I have a catching net here and I'm going to be okay. So he goes for it. Yeah, but he is not the kind of person, the kind of character who uh, would go for it. And, And so when he is singing badly at karaoke or in the car with Sam um, just waiting to be mocked. He can't be serious because if he's serious, then he's setting himself up to like to care. Yes. And yes. He, he's setting himself to get hurt. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like if, if he were to seriously do his best to sing and it falls short. Yes, exactly. And then Sam's still like, oh, ha ha. Like, oh, you're the worst. Oh, I was like, and I never sang again. Exactly. Exactly. This is, yeah. this is perfect. Because we see Jensen plays it so well. And, and I will say that he plays it really well because a lot of Dean is Jensen, I yeah. will say. And, and Jensen is also a very self-conscious person. Mm-hmm. And he's very private. Very private, very self-conscious. And um and and singing is really putting yourself out there. It's antithema to everything that I know Jensen is. And and then here for Dean, we see him so reluctant to just jump in and let go but then yeah just let loose yeah in this environment that he's told like this is okay yeah yeah and And you can have this yes 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 oh my god i oh my god oh my god you broke me okay yeah that's it this episode (laughs) this episode uh, this episode and and not just reluctant to jump in but scared too yeah like there, he doesn't jump in on the verse he's supposed to. The mm-hmm. there, the music continues waiting for him, and then when he goes on, like his eyes are screwed shut, and then he starts singing. It, it's kind of a little bit of like I'm going to just imagine myself in the car before the hunt, like we yeah. used to do this. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm like God, B, you were you were fucking my stomach hurts because because you've killed me. The, the scene like, again <laughs> i normally run when people are singing but like again i'm like country music's fake so <laughs> i was able to just sit and enjoy the lyrics enjoy just the history that you're feeling for these characters and like at the end of it the bar's all cheering and everything and dean goes i never got a standing ovation before yeah, like, and that's it. That's him. That's him, like, letting out that sigh of relief. I've never couching, been validated. Like, exactly. Couching in humor his actual relief in, you know, not getting torn down. Yeah, for being accepted. Like, I, this was good enough that people found joy. 
Yes. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. So we that could, happened. We could be here forever. We really um, could. Yeah. The in the crowd there is a commotion going on and it centers around this girl who's getting assaulted by this guy. And Lee and Dean go to break it up, and there's a couple of guys giving them lip, and so they do, I guess, the Texas goodbye. (laughs) Roadhouse rules, baby. Yep. One gets tossed through the window, and the other gets kicked through the door. And we have this shot of Lee and Dean standing side by side in the door, and they kind of bump their fists together, (laughs) and... Still got it. Yeah. And when they go back inside, Dean realizes that the girl that was being bothered is Sally Anderson, Angela's friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a case here. I almost forgot. I they, I keep on getting distracted by the bright, glowing thing. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. We get the sense, okay, he's actually going to be buckling down on this next. At mm-hmm. least he's going to ask her questions, get a sense of whether there's a case here or not. Oh, yeah. But... We go back to the bunker, and there Cass is opening the main door, and Sergey is stepping inside. And Sergey is walking into his fucking wet dream here, because mm-hmm. he wants the tour. This is the fabled men of letters uh, treasure trove. Yeah, what wonderful things you must have. Like, yes. He's got his ears pricked forward towards whatever is in the archives. And not, like, book-wise, but item-wise. So we're like, Sergey, you shifty fucker. Mm-hmm. But, but Cass is like, enough, okay? You're yeah. here for one but my reason. My eyes are up here. <laughs> yes! You're here for one thing and one thing only. And we we go straight to Sam. In, in the infirmary and as they walk in Eileen is immediately fix him please yeah can <laughs> this this thing right here make better make tall again <laughs> <laughs> and Sergey's like oh, oh of course and he gets this crystal out which I guess is gonna just shine science on him <laughs> and oh yeah look it says Sam's dying <laughs> <laughs> As soon as that crystal passes over the shoulder, it glows godly bright. Yeah. And and Sergey says, "Okay, well, one one little thing, uh, Sam is dying." And then it's like, "What? Mm-hmm. What? What? What?" Okay, back at back to Swayze's. Yeah. <laughs> Dump him on that note. We have Lee boarding up the now broken window, and it's kind of closed up, but Sally's still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean's chatting with her. He's hearing the story and that trying Angela... to sober her up with a bit of yes. coffee. Oh my god, yes. Like I want to have a reliable story coming from this witness, but I don't have high hopes. Hell, he probably needs some sobering up himself, so Oh my god. He's also got a cup of coffee. So he's been drinking since one in the morning and it <laughs> is now one at night. <laughs> AKA the morning. Oh my god, like that one um uh 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 oh I can't remember the monster name, but the monster that required them to be a little bit tipsy at the time. Oh yeah. And and it was like a Japanese spirit and yeah. uh and it, Sam just dude, isn't that stuff like water to you by now? Mm-hmm. 
Can you even get drunk anymore? Dean's trying to get back in conditioned shape, I mm. guess. Like, yeah. So Sally tells her story and ends it with Angela getting raptured and, quote, and I was left behind. And I just had, like, the briefest glimpse. I'm like, this isn't the ending. This isn't at all what they were hinting. My, my brain hears rapture. And I was like... Oh, the season ends with Cass going to heaven, and then Dean and Sam are the ones left behind. B! I'm telling you what my brain did with the word rapture, and I got very stressed out, and I wrote no with, like, seven O's in it. B! I know! How rude! Especially because of the conversation that comes right away. Like, Lee is pointing out, okay, you can't rapture a car, it gets driven, and... When he pulls Dean aside, Dean agrees. Maybe she's not a top-tier witness, but best friends don't just up and leave without saying goodbye. Oh, no! Like, that line right there. Again, I'm like, I'm getting all of these little nods towards Dean and his fight with Cass. You know, Angela's like, car is an Impala, right? No! Yes! Yes, it is! Clutch my titty, What? <laughs> Yeah, it's got the, it's covered, but it's got the Impala. Yeah, it's an Impala. Just trust me on this. Oh my God. So that's <laughs> why Sally was like, hey, it's a good car. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I was going to bring oh it in. I was going to bring it in later at the junkyard, but fuck you. Now you're giving me Angela, uh, uh, Sally, Dean, cast parallels. That, like, I was straight up like, fucking as soon as Sally shows up on the screen she's drunk off of her ass talking about how glad she is to have her best friend I was oh like Dean's drunk off of his ass and he doesn't have his best friend he's out looking for it he's looking for cases he's looking for some place to go clear his head have fun like parallels <sighs> oh my god I'm gonna need a third rewatch you bitch you're welcome <laughs> Dean fucking saying best friends don't just up and leave without saying goodbye. And I'm like, you let Cass go without saying goodbye. I'm just going to sit here for a minute. (laughs) What happens next, B? Stare at the ceiling. What happens next? Um. (laughs) You you can't rapture a car. It's a a good car. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, so, so, so Dean- to, in response to what Dean said, it just again, we're going to fucking add more salt to this wound. Lee goes, not unless they deserve it. Yeah. So, okay, if Dean let Cass go without saying goodbye, then hey, look, Cass deserved it. Well, but, but yeah, but, but, but for Lee here to say, you know, you don't just leave your best friend without saying goodbye. And, and, and Angela was the one raptured away. So the cast theoretically is the one leaving, uh, or raptured away at the end of the season. You don't just leave without saying goodbye. Now here is Lee with the fucking reality check, uh, not unless they deserved it. And here, Dean has been taking advantage of Cass in um arguably in the same way that Angela, I'm sorry, Sally has been taking advantage of Angela. Yeah, that there's just been this good faith and like we're gonna go to the next like pub crawling our way through yeah. and then we're gonna go to the after party and Angela stepping in being like, Okay, we're gonna curb that and it's taken for granted. 
Right, right. I mean, it really does seem that Sally is the hurricane that Angela is just trying to corral. And it's not like Angela's without her own shit. Like, Sally is saying, like, before she got sick, like, she's been drinking to cope. And Angela's parents are both dead. And, like, she has her own shit, but it, like, doesn't ping on the register at all with Sally, really. Right. Angela doesn't want to be stuck in this no-name town. She, She dreams of bigger and better things, but for lack of opportunity she's you know a lot of things are yeah. in the background parallels parallels but but where where lee says you know oh i'm sorry so where dean is saying um uh, yeah but best best friends stick around right best friends don't walk away Best friends are the rock that I can beat my fists upon. Mm-hmm. My favorite bee murder of the century. So, um, I I don't know how my brain came up with it, but it's like <laughs> cradle that thought. I'm like, I got a good one this decade, guys. And, and we have we have Lee really saying, but but there's only so much abuse someone can take. Yeah, and like sometimes you get what you sow. Yeah. But, th- but wow, something... fuck you. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. The second those two showed up on screen, I was like, this is a Dean commentary right here. Mm-hmm. So something still feels off to Dean about what's going on. So he wants to know if there's a place where a car might get dumped. And Lee here, he's volunteered. He's going to help out. Okay, awesome. So where would it be? And Lee goes, the lake. And Lauren is like, um, I mean, I don't want to get involved. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying the junkyard is the place that you would put a body, basically. I I love Lorna. She's like, not listening, but totally listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it, doesn't that sound like a Merrill's place kind of thing? Just saying. She feels like she would be peripheral to hunting. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm not involved. But, like, if I was involved, I would use that weapon right there and make sure that you bring a cross uh-huh. and a shotgun. Like, that's what she feels like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love I, it. I just yeah. love her, yeah. So yeah. Dean decides, okay, I'll take Merle's place. I'll go to the junkyard. And he tells Lee to go check that lake that he's so fond of bringing up. And here is where we... um it becomes very apparent that Lee is hiding something. Yeah. If it wasn't enough for him to pretend like he didn't recognize Angela, now trying to lead Dean towards a lake when there's a junkyard right fucking there, Shifty biscuits abound. Yeah, and, and Lee is saying, like, well, you know, I really think we should go to the lake, please. And Dean just breezes right past it, but but we as the viewer see Lee not happy with this turn of events. Right. And it's also, you could make the argument, okay, he hasn't been in the life for 15 years or whatever. So maybe he's just hopping back on that horse for one little ride around. But Lee also made a point of saying, like, that's not my life anymore. That's not what I do. This yeah. is what I want. But all of a sudden he's volunteering to help on a case. So it's just extra eyes emoji on that one. It really is. The, this conversation is is supposed to be what what brings us to, to light on, on yeah. that particular yeah. horrible tragic plot point i'm sorry i just I fucking wish I... <laughs> yes. 
Right. So so Dean is going to go to Merrill's, the scrapyard, and and uh, Lee, you go ahead and check out the lake. Yeah. But yeah, from the scene, we go back to the bunker, and there's Sergey in the library, and Cass and Eileen are immediately interrogating him, like, what <laughs> the fuck do you mean Sam's dying? Yeah, so uh, Sergey is laying it out. He's saying, um, so Sam's soul is connecting t- is is connected to something or someone somewhere. He's doing a lot of who, what, where, where, why. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Who, what, where, where. You know. <laughs> exactly. Interviews. Exactly. And and he turns to Cass and says, I assume that you were trying to uh, probe at the wound to find out the nature of the uh, of the connection, right? Which is like one part Cass going, see, I use the correct uh- word. <laughs> but also like, shit, you, you, that was a really bad thing. I mean, we kind of thought it might be bad, but you're saying it's really bad. Yeah, he was saying, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense because what you did was, um, this, this is a connection, Sam Soul, um, and by probing that connection, you stretched it to its limit basically so now sam's soul as a rubber band you can't as you dug deeper into it you were just stretching it further and if this connection were to snap then then sam were to die yeah he'd be hooped yes yeah and and i'm also thinking like would chuck die Mm, it's hard to say because it's a piece of sam in In all of chuck yeah as opposed to a piece of Chuck and Sam. I'm like, mm. ew. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That that was the mm noise. But yeah. So, oh my God, this might kill him. And he's like, no, like we can fix it though. And it's kind of a dot, dot, dot moment. Yeah. So we return to Dean and he is looking through this junkyard and he finds the card that was in the source image that he has of Angela. He it's matching stickers and everything. Mm-hmm. And when he pops the trunk, um, whoops, there's a body. Yeah, Angela is dead in the trunk, and and you know we as the viewer we didn't know that Angela, you know, really did die. No. Um, I was kind of sad about that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And and Angela's car is an Impala. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's just kind of like he's just like damn it and a gun cocks behind him and lee is just like you couldn't leave well enough alone and knocks dean out with the gun lee no i, know. I knew so, it was coming but i i'm still not happy i know i'm gonna live in the world where sally was just an unreliable witness <laughs> Angela did leave her drunk ass at the bar. Everything's fine. All right, the fix it, fix it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Angela, the new America's Next Top Model. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> but so, Sergey, back in the infirmary, the infirmary. <laughs> 
Sergei back in the infirmary. He's gooping up Sam's wound with this poultice and he steps back and he's kind of like, wait for it. And then Sam starts gasping and spasming and we see there's this influx of visions involving Chuck that's going on inside of Sam's head. Yes, Sam is definitely seeing uh, Chuck's memories of of the the events that have passed since Sam shot shot him with the Hammurabi. Yes, and so Eileen and Katz are looking at Sergey like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I made it worse, naturally." And <laughs> Sam will die unless you give me what I want. Yes. So we have this beautiful moment where Eileen has forced Sergei up against a wall and she's saying that she's going to kill him. But he's like, nah, I'm the only one who can help Sam. So you basically need me. And what I want from you is this. Yes. The key to death. And, and, and uh, Eileen still holding Sergei against the wall. Like, uh, is that a metaphor? What? (laughs) But yeah, literally death's key the key to death's library a black yes. key a skeleton a skull uh handle and to be on the nose yeah yeah and it can open a door to death's library yes so we have a new macguffin at play here Mm-hmm. And and Sergey is saying, you can't kill me because then Sam will die. So what you're going to do is find the key, uh, give it to me, and and Cass shuts that shit down, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. And, like, Sergey's taking him in here to be, like, you have no idea the wonders in the bunker, do you? Like, yes. it's going back to his initial, like, I've heard stories of the men of letter bunkers. So this is something it seems like he's been planning. And he's been playing cat and mouse with Cass to essentially get to this point. And to get Sergei, into the bunker. Yes, exactly. And Sergey believes that he can outplay Cass in this. He is underestimating Cass. He's saying, you have no moves here. You can't win. Yeah. And so when Cass refuses, Sergei's a bit taken aback by that and mm-hmm. is saying just what you are saying, which is you can't win. But Cass insists that he can. And he pulls out his phone and he shows Sergei a photo of his niece. Yeah. And, oh, shit. That mystery call that Cass placed was to Bobby. And so Bobby has eyes on her and one word and, well, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. So fix Sam now. Yes. So cut but, to Sergey chanting. Uh, well, I mean, but we have to pause here. We have to because because this is another in a long line of uh, it, I guess it I guess it just it seems a theme this season that our heroic characters aren't acting so heroically yeah i would agree we're seeing kind of this level of frustration or taking it to the edge we saw it last episode with the way that Cass killed the djinn yeah we saw it with how sam and dean just you know killed the vampire teen in atomic mm-hmm. monsters mm-hmm. we see it with the way that they were going to just you know bum rush the werewolves and get them out of the way there has been all of these beats that really feels like our heroes not acting heroically yeah yeah and it's 
I don't know. You know, it, it, it really is a very prominent theme in the first half of the season. And I wonder how they're going to address it because it's so obvious and so intentional and yeah. consistent that I, I feel that we have to bring it. It has to be for a reason, right? Yeah. Because... I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the way that Dean chooses to deal with Lee this episode, he says, I can't walk away from this. And I'm like, bitch, you should, because Lorna just was hanging out with you and Lee all night. And then she shows up to her job like later today and finds her employer dead. Who the fuck is she going to think did that besides you? Hey, Dean Winchester is dead three times over. I'm just saying that they know, like, that was a fucking murder right there, and I have a base description that I can give you. No, but, well, okay, it's been, if we were to bring in the authorities Well, what what I'm getting at is that Lee could have been handled by the authorities. Yes, 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 exactly. We're going to get into it when we get there, but I agree with you 100%. We have not had a single clean kill this oh i hate to say that but uh, but we have not had a single clean kill this season no there's we been have... so much moral gray area that's been coming mm-hmm. up mhm and it's a it, it, it's a shift from what i would expect our protagonists are not really being the hero of the story here i don't think well Um, the thing is is we sometimes have been approached with these gray areas in the past but it has never been so consistently brought up week after week after week that it it feels like there is an intention behind there because you can get to that dark area on a one-off episode but to go there so consistently it's yeah. like okay so where are we going with this so where are we going with this exactly it's something to keep in mind yeah yeah and yeah so you're bringing this up because here Cass is threatening an innocent you know the niece here and the question is you know how deeply was he bluffing about this was he bluffing at all or would he have brought serious harm to her because I don't think that would happen at whatsoever because that would involve Bobby doing mm-hmm. something to this girl. So to get to that gray area place, it feels like Cass is going back with a really strong bluff, but he's saying it in a way that he means it. And then that's a little bit like, Ooh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It does take us aback. It is. I mean, this is where, here with Cass, this is where I was at with Sam and Dean and Atomic Monsters. Like, you're not going to kill that kid. You, yeah. Wait, wait, you are going to kill that kid? He's yeah. the victim in the story? Oh, uh, so, so to have Cass pull up the phone and threaten an innocent girl, um, I really want to finish out the next scene because I'm going to have even more to say about it. So. So, so we, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we, we cut to Sergei chanting over Sam's shoulder. And then, okay, there, done. He's fixed. Yep. He starts packing up as soon as Sam awakens and <laughs> disoriented. And Sam thinks that he's okay. But, you know, the wound is still on him. And it it's just, it has to be good enough for now. They kind of went back to square one. But Sergei's like, okay, we're good now? Great. Yeah, yeah. 
and then Cass says, for now, yeah. you can go. And you can see, again, Sergei is impressed. Like, he has more respect for Cass after this. He says, it was very Russian of him to handle it this way. Yeah, he says, I like this you, Castiel. It's very Russian. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a great, it was a great line. I really enjoyed it. Yes. But I will say. A good nod also. A, a good nod to what? Please. To Dmitry Kushnik. Oh, I love it. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm like, Tamisha. Tamisha. Oh, yes. Okay. But, <laughs> um. But on the first watch, I just thought, oh, the, the, the uh, yeah, Sergey, you're a great character. Mwah. Now, on the second watch, though, it, it, this line, oh, I like this you, Castiel. It's very Russian, very ruthless, very <sighs> uh, get shit done. Um, it brought me, unintentionally, I'm sure, in the writing, but it brought me to the alt cast of the apocalypse mm. world and i do not appreciate <laughs> having that memory return well well look at Cass and what he's doing and like we like to to view our protagonists favorably like oh no Cass wouldn't have it was a bluff Cass wouldn't have hurt that girl and i don't think that he would have but i'm like but, so then it was a bluff like i i get what you're saying but i also feel like sergey wasn't necessarily complimenting the ruthlessness i think it was more that sergey continued to believe he had the upper hand and mm-hmm. Cass continued to turn the tables on him he and was so, outplayed yeah yeah and so i think it was that game of chess more than anything that sergey was impressed by right right but we also have Cass here who uh, he's bringing out that angel of the Lord d- tactical master side of him. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's who he was. That's who he is. He, he is. He has that skill set. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a tactical genius and, and he does have a certain ruthlessness in him when necessary and and it i don't know i don't know something about this episode just brought me back to but you know what we might want to pull back from flirting with that line because yes, this is be this is careful. looking a lot this is looking a lot like that alt cast yeah, that's dangerous ground to be treading. And so when you do tread it, tread lightly. Yeah, or it could kind of, you know, landslide into that alt cast. We saw what happened when he was pushed to that. Well, yeah, and if you keep on making these very grave threats, at one point, what will happen if you have to follow through? And I think that he could. Yeah, I'm... and that's the thing is like, please don't go there. Please don't go there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so... So the next scene we have Dean waking up and he is tied to that chair that we saw with Angela and um, the Marid in the cage in front of him is clearly restless and we hear behind Dean Lee coming down the stairs and he goes, you awake, buddy? And Dean's just like, what the hell are you doing, man? This isn't you. Yeah, yeah. And Lee says, 
maybe not the you, maybe not the me that you knew. But... Yeah, not the old me anyway. Yeah. yeah. And he brings up that Arizona cult case again. Like, then mm-hmm. this really fucked him up and he had to step away because of it. But when he stepped away, he came to the Texoma area and the case that he dealt with had the merit and he just took advantage and set his uh, roots down in the ground here. Yeah, yeah. He's he's talking about what this creature is. It's a Marid. Do you know anything about the lore of this creature? Um, I know Marid. I believe it falls in Middle Eastern. It It's from mm-hmm. the same kind of ideas, like an Ifrit as a djinn. Yeah. Like, it's that type of classification, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's... As a jinn, something that grants your wildest wishes, mm-hmm. um, but 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 what uh, uh, Lee is setting out here is I scratch his back and he scratches mine. Um, yeah, as long as this thing is fed, it mm-hmm. gives off this aura of wealth and prosperity, and exactly. you know, like who could say no to that? Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, what what uh lee was saying about the case about that arizona cult case he the the realization that he came to was if evil like that exists in the world then guys like you and me you dean who wants to save the world there's there's no place for that here in this world that 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 doesn't recognize good or evil yeah he's saying guys like us we don't win the best we can do is just have a little fun exactly he's looking into the face of evil and saying it is too big and it's too dark and i can't fight it and so i'm going to just find my corner of the world i'm going to put that perimeter up and i'm going to protect it and only it everything else can go fuck itself yeah Good or bad, the world doesn't care. No one cares, Dean. Yeah. And And Dean says, yeah. Dean says, well, you know what? I do. Yeah. And you're using innocent lives to fuel the life you're leading. And Mm -hmm. Lee is still justifying himself by saying, you know no one's innocent. Like, there are no innocent people out there. And aren't we owed some happiness? Don't we deserve that much? And Dean's just pinging on that language, going, yes. like, owed? Deserve? Like, we don't get things like that. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. There is no divine... There's no karma. There's no divine justice. You, you, you get what you get, and you make the best of it, and... And, well, and like, kinda, it, sorry, I kind of lost myself there, but no, I think that that's along the lines of what he's saying is that, I mean, yeah, there's darkness out there, but what you do is you continue to shore up the light, you know? Yeah. And we have Lee here sitting going good or bad. The world doesn't care. Like nobody cares. And Dean countering that saying, I care. Like I do. Yeah. That yeah. has to be enough. You, you can see Lee is dis he's disenchanted with the way the world is and he wants there to be some sign that the fight of good versus evil that good is gonna win good is on the winning side right he just doesn't see it anymore well well yeah like you were saying what dean is saying with with lee is uh 
you're not owed anything. You don't deserve anything. Just because you did good doesn't mean that you're going to get good. You mm-hmm. have to make your own good and and you have to you have to earn it and deserve if you want to talk about deserve then then y- you who are killing to profit doesn't deserve doesn't, you are doing evil yes you are doing evil and and uh and leah saying there is no good or evil you just got to be out for you whereas dean is saying like um glory and goods that have been earned through evil means are not yours you know you yes. don't keep those you can't pillage and then say i earned this yeah yeah he it, dean is falling on the side of of goodness and and well, choice that like it your is personal a accountability yes is there you might not have external account. Like Lee is sitting there going, there's no outside accountability to anything. Like yes. everything's made up and the points don't matter. The whole thing that Dean was struggling with last episode and Dean's sitting here going, if everything is made up, you are your own tally keeper. You have to be able to sleep with yourself at night. And exactly. Leo, Lee is saying, I can. And Dean's saying, I cannot. And yeah. Lee just goes, yeah, well, that's what got you here. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could go for fifteen minutes on on like actual religion and non religion. Like, so what's your moral compass if you don't have re- religion? Exactly, you're putting this external locus of control on your faith. Like, that's really a danger. You mm, internalize your locus. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can still be a good person. You know. Yeah, is what is what is what cat is what Dean is saying, but Leo is saying, why do I have to be a good person if if I if if nothing is if no one's me- looking over my shoulder? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. If no one's looking over my shoulder, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. Dean's compass is what got him here, and you can see Lee is almost trying to coach, like you know, like this isn't going to be a bad death. You know the way hunters usually go. You're just going to fall yeah. asleep once you lose a certain amount of blood, and that's going to be that. Like that's a good way out for you, isn't it? And because mm-hmm. hunters don't often get painless deaths, but he takes a moment here to call Dean Winchester the writer of wrongs before he says you know like i'm putting myself first why do i have to choose between us and choose you and he goes up the stairs and leaves dean to it yeah well leo says like i i should have known i should have known that the the second that you walk through the door that you were just gonna pick at it and pick at it until you got to the core of it and Mm -hmm. and if it's between you and me then i gotta pick me yeah why should i pick you yeah so now that Dean is left in this basement by himself and the Marid is very clearly hungry, it's not, <laughs> it is not ready to wait on that ivy, um, Dean starts struggling against the chair. And since he is not a 130-pound girl, he is stronger than this chair. <laughs> and he, like, he's not who Lee's typical victim is, we're assuming here. So he is able to break the chair and we can see that there is a time crunch going on here. It looks like the Marid's going to break out before Dean can break free. Right, right. Man, that's more generous than I than I was thinking of it when uh, Dean tipped over and broke the chair. I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. So. <laughs> 
But but Dean is still, even with the chair broken, trying to escape his bonds. But like you said, it's a race against time on um, the Madrid is also breaking out of his cage because he senses that his uh, or it is sensing that it's Corey is escaping. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah, and there is this wall of tools that that Dean from the floor is looking at longingly, like He's if like, only can they get that tire iron. <laughs> is that a hammer? I'll just take anything. I'll take a saw. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so we cut away on that note. Yes, we go back upstairs, and Lee is. He's fixing tables now that they're closed and he can hear the snarling coming from behind the basement door. So he kind of stops mm-hmm. and he's listening and draws his gun as footsteps come up the stairs and the door opens just enough that the Marid's head gets tossed out <laughs> and Lee is just a little bit bummed out, but he still is holding that gun. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we go from, like, the departed mobster movie to <laughs> to Dean throwing open that door, sw- sauntering out like, here I am, you son of a bitch. Yep. He stands there for a beat, and then you see a moment clicks and they have entered into a shootout. Dean dives behind the bar. He finds a shotgun there, grabs it, starts firing. Lee hides behind a support post and Mm -hmm. he's shooting and they both fire till they're out of bullets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dean did dive behind the bar and he doesn't have a weapon on him. He came out from the stair, from the basement holding a, uh, a a saw, a a hacksaw. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, but 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 no, I I guess he has uh, no long range weapon. Yeah, well, he brought a knife to this gunfight. <laughs> he brought a knife to this gunfight. Um, but 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 it, it, Dean does find a shotgun behind the bars because God bless Texas. Mm-hmm. And since they're all out, Dean stands and they face each other. They're approaching. Lee's going, you're hardcore, brother. But Mm. Dean's going, nope, you don't get to pretend like we're still friends. I don't know you. Yeah. Oh, man. And 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 Lee. Yeah. Lee says, oh, really? Really? Because where I'm sitting, I am you. I'm just the you that woke up uh, a little bit earlier to realize that that, uh, we're fighting a losing fight. Yeah. The world is broken. And, like, what onus do we have anymore? And Mm -hmm. Dean says, well, you fix it. You don't walk away. You fight for it. And that right there, you were talking about, like, subconsciously earlier. He's saying, like, you fight for the little guy. You do this, you do that. Here he's finally chips all in. That despondency he had last episode is gone. He's saying, like, you fight. Yeah. What I did before, that's, I can't do that. That's not me. I'm in this. Yes. Yes. And so Lee can see he's just convicted behind this. Right. So he he tries to get Dean to leave, you know, pretend like this didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm like, he should. (laughs) Yeah, he should. Lee is saying like, you know, I don't want to do this, brother. And and Dean is saying, you know, I don't want to either. But 
I kill monsters. Yeah. And and that is when Lee knows that he's not getting out of this without a fight. Yeah. And, and uh, but, but, Dean, we don't kill people. Yeah. I just... I'm like, you have Angela's car. You have Angela's body. You have presumably Lee's fingerprints on that vehicle. You have, like... What about all the blood in front of that fucking door? Exactly. Presum- Going there with maybe- luminol and you're like, holy shit, fireworks went off in here and the fireworks were made of blood. Yeah, yeah. I assume dozens of people. Yeah, like, I I sat there and I was like, don't kill Lee. And it is part fondness, no, but it is also, this is a human killer. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a human killer and, and this is not, this is not how we operate. Um... I again, we have not had a single clean kill this Mm-mm. season. Exactly. This is where that comes right back around. Yeah. It, it we have our 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 leading characters just living in these gray areas this season. And like nothing feels like a win. And nothing feels like a win. I'm like the only win we had was like Eileen coming back to life there was Mm -hmm. it wasn't the kills even in that one we had Sam gruesomely killing the witch with a hex bag in her mouth and we had Emily shooting Emily who we had Sam trying to connect with and we saw that Emily herself is a victim yeah but everyone's dead so the victories that we're seeing are the ones where people live, where we get, there's something left to grow rather than this scorched earth policy that kind of takes place. And I love that you just said that. I, 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 yes, a thousand times. Yes. We are going through the season with a scorched earth policy because there is nothing hopeful left in our path. It, and, like, think of what that is reflected on what the remaining part of the season. I mean, if we're setting these things up, that these feel like hollow victories, that this path isn't the thing that is giving us the spice of life, then what will be? You know, what will the ending look like? What will our heroes see? Yeah, this is the kind of thing where in episode one, two, three, I was seeing this and and praising the writers to say, um, oh, yes, I love it because we're bringing us to such a low that we know that we're only going to build up from here. Yeah, this is what the antagonist wants to see as the uh-huh. ending. And so we're going to not do that. Uh huh. But now, another four episodes later, I I feel that at some level we are maintaining the low, and I just wonder how long it's going to go. Yeah, and it, it's evolved and it's changed. Oh, we have an oaky scent to this one. Like, it's uh-huh. the same flavor palette that we're receiving. It's just these different samplings from it. Yeah, and and you know, overall, I'm not complaining. I'm really no. not. Because it's, it's very done complex. really well. Yeah, it, it leaves us very with complex. really dense episodes to chew on. Yes, yeah, definitely yeah. very, very yes. But but because it's such a heavy and prominent theme so far, I 
have to feel that we're going to go somewhere with it, even though we haven't really been textually alluding to it or addressing no. it. No. At we all. We have to see the light at some point. We have to see the light at some point. Yeah. And, and it, you know, for this episode, this was an amazing episode. Uh, and we're not quite to the end yet. But my one, if I had a one wish for this episode, it was that Dean would would have gone out and fetched that sheriff that couldn't find his ass with a flashlight and a map and brought him straight back to Swayze's and said, hey, Dylan. I know, hey. Like, just that your big character break. arc. Here's your big break, yeah, I mean, because it was it was Lee that derided the sheriff earlier, so yeah. it was like it just would have been so great to have seen Lee put away for life, and then and then to know that he was out there and maybe you know. Well, like Dylan could find his fame by capturing, you know, Texoma serial killer. Because if Lee's been yeah. out here for about 15 years, that's a lot yeah. of bodies that go disappearing and a lot of them being excused as going off to LA. So, you know, yeah, I'm like, again, fix it, fit. We can throw that out there. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody Absolutely. write it. <laughs> yeah somebody should shouldn't they be bitch i have so much on my plate right now you don't even get to encourage <laughs> I, I, I that that would have been that would have been a fun a fun little twist on the episode but where we are right here right now is um we're, we're having it, a showdown he's gonna do it yeah he doesn't want to do it but he's gonna do it so lee says well i guess this is the title fight yeah, one shot at the title. Don't mind if I do. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fist fight and it's a knock down, roll around, brawl. They're mm-hmm. throwing themselves around the bar and by the end of it, they're by the pool table. Lee goes and grabs one of these pool cues and breaks it over Dean, but Dean grabs it, uses it to push Lee up against the wall, and then he draws the pool cue back and stabs him in the side with it. Yeah, straight into, you know, between the ribs, straight into the heart with this pull cue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard death to watch. And, like, what happens here is hard, too, because Lee is going, like, I'll be damned. And he's kind of breathing hard, and he challenges Dean again. Like, why do you care so much, Dean? And Dean says, because someone has to. Yes, and it yeah. goes back again. We could talk at it on length, but it's just where do you hold accountability? Yeah, yeah. And this this is Dean's come to Jesus moment, but it's not a win. Again, no. it's not a win. Yeah, because even while Lee is pinned here, he just hears what Dean has to say, and then goes, "Well, I'm glad it was you." Mm-hmm. And you see, he taps Dean on the chest, kind of telling him it's okay. He's ready. And so Dean pulls out the pool cue and Lee collapses dead. Oh my god. Again, a very hard death to watch. But also a very cinematic death to watch, if that makes any sense. Fuck yeah. Like, the quality of writing and the quality of filmmaking that we're seeing here... Yeah. Well, it's, again, the history between Christian and Jensen that is Mm. bringing such depth to these performances. Mm. Yes. Yes. 
And like the little tap thing wasn't scripted. It was something Christian did. And you're like, oh shit, that's Was my it part. really? Yeah, that's what oh, Jeremy my... said on Twitter. God, oh my God. I'm clutching my fucking titties. I know, right? <gasps> oh my God. That, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fucking good. It's fucking miserable and it's fucking good. It's fucking miserable and it's fucking good. Back to the bunker. <laughs> Cass is crossing from the library into the war room just the same time as Dean is returning. And Dean <laughs> is visibly in a panic because presumably he got his phone back. He checked his voicemail about Sam not being well and sped the whole way home. I like to think that um, he just abandoned the the phone that he dropped off at the bar and he came back to the Impala and opened up like, oh, yes. that, that glove box and saw that all of his 10 other phones had a I number that, right? of <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. Messages and voicemails. So, Fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> So he yes. he hightailed it back to the bunker, and and Cass says, "Yeah, n- no, we took care of it. It's handled. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. good. And Dean, okay, you bye. Can see, let's go of a breath. <laughs> but it's an awkward beat, and like you say, good. That's good. Is all Dean really says. And then Cass immediately leaves. And Dean's face journey <laughs> when he leaves is just. I wrote it down. It's like kind of like, oh great, of course, of course, he's not a forgiven for getting this whole thing." And he goes to follow Cass into the infirmary. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, I'm with Cass here, though, because, because Dean, I don't think that you have yet realized the damage that you've done. Absolutely. So, so. Absolutely. Best friends don't just up and leave without saying goodbye. How to the fucking moon. You need to talk. You can't just sweep this under the rug. This is a fucking talking. You have a growth opportunity you need to fulfill if you you expect things to go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? It's like, Dean, just because you feel a bit mellowed in your anger doesn't mean that the words said in the height of your anger are just okay now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so often Dean has been kind of given this leeway with the people in his life where he says something rude or he does something rude and then people just let it slide. And Mm -hmm. people particularly will be Cass because Cass takes a lot of the brunt of Dean's emotions. There's been such a shorthand for Dean. Like it goes back to the rock that I could beat my fists against. And to have Cass finally go, no, there's a line here. Like, we are putting boundaries on your behavior. And Dean is still not really, he's like, what, what's about, what is there, this line in between what I'm allowed to do? Like, how come you haven't forgotten already? I think that from Cass, we are definitely seeing uh, him taking hold of his own agency yes and and now that he has realized this like i don't i can exist separate from you and 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 i am like we see an empowerment in him well well, yeah look at last episode 
Yeah. 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 Because exactly. last episode, the the background that we're reading from it is that Cass decided to get out of the game. Mm-hmm. And he was going to go and, you know, do fishing. He was going to stay someplace quiet and enjoy nature and yada yada. And then he decided, no, this isn't what works for me. Being in the life works for me. And that is a very different decision than I'm going to do what Sam and Dean are doing. And I'm mm-hmm. going to be in the life. Like, Mm -hmm. we've had Cass step away from just what was a given for what he was doing when he wasn't with Heaven, and now he's come back to it by choice, and he is owning the fact that this is what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And we see Cass taking that agency and seizing it tight with both hands. Uh, I would just say that he's holding on a little too tight. He's using it as um a shield uh, between him and the rest of the world right now he is doing what dean is doing just yes. in his language of grief yes like dean's language is i'm going to eat and drink and watch movies and like that's where i'm going to take my comfort and Cass's comfort is i go back to what i know and like i know the efficiency i know no emotions i just stick to the job and i get that done like he goes back to who he was in lazarus rising type mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. and and i simultaneously appreciate the 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 throwback to that like because we we so often under utilize Cass or underappreciate Cass as a as a character and like to know his grieving language too yeah 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 and and so i appreciate it but also again we are just flirting with that line as well well. dean could easily go alcoholic the same way Cass could easily go ruthless yes oh my god yes b you are fucking killing it tonight (laughs) that b oh my god this is this is our best episode yet (laughs) thank you lee (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jeremy. Yes. So, so last scene. Yes, very last scene. Cass walks out still pissed. Mm-hmm. And and, and he's like, we're... well, I'm pissed now that you're pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, well, fine. If that's how it's going to be. I mean, if you're not fine, then I guess I wasn't fine either. Like, I, whoever said I was fine? <laughs> I'm not fine. I love it. Oh, my God. So, so yeah. So, we're in the infirmary. Sam is still on bed rest, but yes. he is saying, he's he's recounting the things that he experienced um, when he was unconscious uh, after, after Cass um, uh, either, I can't tell, either strengthened or pushed to the limits this connection between him and... My... And- my headcanon theory, whatever, is because Cass has his faltering powers that there yeah. was an unintentional surge of his powers. And then I like that. that's what caused it. He pushed much deeper than he meant to. Whoops. And I oh, sent him flying into the wall. <laughs> so, so Sam is just saying, like, I was seeing um, all that Chuck has experienced since we established this connection and Chuck is running scared. I see. And I know that Chuck is running scared and he's weak weak. and he is vulnerable. And I think that we could win. Yeah. We might be able to beat him. Mm -hmm. I think that we can beat God. 
Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Remy, what's your takeaway? No, fuck you. What's your takeaway? <laughs> I can give my takeaway first if you want. Yes, please do. My takeaway is Lee and Dean's Stanford era oh history God. glimpses that we're getting. We're getting that taste of who Dean was when Sam stepped out from his life and like the hole he was filling and the people who he was with. We got more idea of what John was like at that time. The fact that he brought Lee in like this surrogate and just the fucking energy, the history, the nostalgia, all of that. This episode was so good. And I'm like, num, 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 my favorite flavor. It was it was also woven in really well in yeah. that it wasn't just this information dump. Remember this? Yeah, you remember this? Yeah, well you remember the Yeah, exactly. We brought John in, we had some memories tied with him, it flowed into this next set of memories which flowed into talking about the hunter's life, like it was all so yeah. good. Yeah, it was really good. It was really well done, and it was a lot, a lot of yeah, new this is, content. This is an episode I'm going to be able to rewatch again and again and just I agree. pick out new things. I agree. So, it, Remy, what was your final <laughs> I was just about to tell you. Thanks for asking, <gasps> B. I'm so excited. I I I didn't even know that this is my that this was my takeaway until you got me fucking thinking on it. Mm-hmm. But but intentionally or not the angela sally parallels mm. to to the dean and cass situation it just really got me thinking on you know friends don't just walk away my friend was raptured to heaven and i was left behind i'm the sad drunk who had a bad breakup and i'm ready to go on to the next party but and i'm sorry i don't try to i I try not to get too shippy in this i'm just i don't i don't because it doesn't it's not relevant but this relationship between Dean and Cass, I mean, the entire recap for this episode was... And, like, recaps from last episode and recaps from before is just highlighting how important this relationship is. Yes, yes, it's... Uh, yes, exactly that. And, and we, for all that we're not getting it textually, like, we, we... Every episode, we might be touching on that Dean Cash relationship, and I think that we are pointedly just touching on it just to keep it relevant, keep well, it in mind. We're seeing the negative space. Yes, yes, and and for every Cass calls the his you know fbi director and then has a very terse conversation about how you should answer your damn messages Uh, for every little interaction like that we get five more subtextual interaction or subtextual nods to the current situation on things where Mm -hmm. 
where we just need that resolution and and we're not there yet we don't have a resolution because Mm -hmm. this is a friendship this is a relationship that doesn't actually want to end with the characters parting ways because you could have that situation you know i i don't want to be at the bunker anymore i'm going to do my own thing okay well more power to you and then they keep in touch like this is something that could feasibly happen but what we have seen is that's not what the show is saying the characters want yeah and i think that in in the narrative we're keeping it very fresh um uh i don't really know what i'm trying to say um well like the uh, traditional way to have this is sam talks to dean like have you how have you talked to Cass? no i haven't heard mm-hmm. from well how are you feeling but, but like that could easily be the thing that we see but instead, what we're getting is things like Angela and Sally. And yeah. we're just getting these beats that are like, hey, this makes me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, again, in this one episode, in this episode here, I didn't think to think about the Dean and Cass relationship at all. But now, coming out of this talk together, I I really am thinking about Cass's endgame. Or... Well, and also, I mean, not to tag things on in the 11th hour, but we here okay. we have Dean and Lee, who clearly had a really tight friendship and, like, yeah. fell back into it immediately. And then Dean saw the cracks in that and he said no i can't abide by this and puts a stop to it and he goes back to the bunker and expects him and Cass to fall immediately back in step with each other and Cass goes nope here are the cracks i can't abide by it and like dean just wants to do what lee says like can't we just pretend like this didn't happen Yes, yes, exactly. But Dean is going to have to realize that he is going to have to work for it. Yeah, I mean, there are some serious structural flaws here, and you need to confront them, otherwise the whole house falls down. Yep, so so that 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 is exactly where I'm going in that um, I see that Dean is going to have to work for it. Yes. And and I am ready. I'm ready. Can we go now? Is it? <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Maybe, maybe next week. Next week when we cover uh, our father who aren't in heaven. <laughs> season 15, episode 8. It is the uh, mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. After after next week, we're going on the the... Uh, a holiday hiatus hiatus, yeah 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 the holiday hiatus the winter hiatus and i'm not ready yet i know (laughs) and especially the promo showing adam we know next week's gonna be batshit it's gonna be big it's gonna be big yes yeah so very excited for it yes yeah. Um, so our wrap up, I guess, is find us at the usual haunting locations, Twitter, Tumblr, email. Mm-hmm. And Patreon is a new haunting place full of audio that you'll enjoy. Yeah. At our Patreon, we have uh, our after talks and our notes and a lot of extra content that you guys might be interested in. And if you guys can rate, review, comment, share with a friend, 
That is all much appreciated. Yes, all of your comments and reviews and shares are held very dear, so thank you. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, see you guys next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Mid-season finale. Yay! 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 Alrighty, bye! Bye, guys. <laughs>